I have a little secret for you. You are in the right place at the right time. Your soul knew exactly that you needed a moment to yourself to feel connected, to feel inspired, and you landed here. Welcome to the Taking Flight Podcast. I am Megan Holly, and I am your host. I am so happy and inspired every single episode to be here right there with you, going through these conversations with guests, or sometimes it's a solo jam where I dive into a story or a thought that has been brought into my heart to bring to the world, to the mic right here. I want you to be sure that you take a moment to really sink in to the space, to have something to take away from this podcast. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a little you time because after all, you deserve it. I always remind people that you deserve to have the space and a place, which is taking flight right here, to debunk the things, the limiting beliefs that you have, to lift up the parts of you that know that there's more out there for you, and to just simply feel heard and seen. So here we go. Hey there. Okay, so this episode is epic. I mean, I feel like every episode has something that just really lights up my soul, but you're going to really find that Ahuba, my guest here on this episode, is just something else. She has such a beautiful way of articulating and helping us imagine the way that we are feeling. If that sounds weird to you, you'll understand when you get into the episode, but I really can't wait for you to dive in and listen because I feel it's something that we all need a reminder of. I know I took some big revelations from our conversation and it's just so good. So if you are somebody out there, which I feel everybody has felt this in some way, shape or form, whether it's really happening heavily right now or not. The exhaustion, the burnout, the feeling like you're pulled in eight different directions and it's not good. So enjoy this episode. Hey everybody, it's Megan Holly and welcome to the next episode of Taking Flight Podcast. It is another guest episode and I can't wait to dive into this topic because, well, when I tell you what it is and we start kind of opening it up, you will probably say, yeah, I have been there or I know somebody who's been there because burnout is real. So before we dive in, I want to give a moment and a welcome to my guest, Ahuva. Thank you so, so much for being here. I am so excited to chat with you. All right. This is going to be a great conversation. So I'm very excited to be here. Yes. Um, and before we kind of get into the thick of it, um, let everybody know a little bit about you, what makes you tick, who you are. Totally. So I'm Ahuva Hirschkop. I'm an anti-diet dietitian based out of Toronto turned burnout coach for professional women. And most of my clients are professional moms who are people who are high achievers. They want to do it all. They love doing all the things. They just like to stop burning out and like feeling like they're killing themselves in the process. And so I teach them how to really step out of what I call the working mom hustle culture that has them feeling like they have to give a thousand percent to everything that they do without the time or support to do it so that they can build lives they get to enjoy now, here, right now, uh, without compromising on how they show up to the people who rely on them and on their professional goals in the process. Mm, I love that. That was so like beautifully just laid out there because so much of that I think resonates with such a large amount of people. And yeah, it's so important. What was the thing that kind of led you to getting into this like deeper work with burnout? <laughs> yeah. So that's, I mean, that's always a loaded question. Yeah. Um, it started really when I, you know, the world shut down on Fridays, all schools were canceled on Friday. And I found out that I was pregnant with my third son on Monday mm-hmm. of, you know, what was now, we you know, was like the COVID lockdown. We all thought it was going to be two weeks. And I found out that I was pregnant three days after everything shut Mm -hmm. down. And I was like, Oh dear Lord. (laughs) And had three-year-old twins at home at the time. And at the time I was also working in my pediatric nutrition practice. So was talking to many parents and really more specifically, and is talking to women and moms who 
you know, really kept on coming to me with the answer, the question of like, am I doing this whole thing right? Am I like totally screwing everything up? And at the same time, as I would, as I was giving advice, they would be like, also, we really wish that we could care about what you're talking about, but like, we're so burnt out, like up to our foreheads with things But if our kids just want to go to the cabinet and like pull candy out of the cabinet for dinner, like we're going to call that a win. Mm. And, you know, I was so stuck in hustle culture and like building my business and having it go quickly and all the things that I went back to work six days after having my third son. Oh my gosh. I would like nurse him during client sessions. I would, you know, I was doing discovery calls still, was doing all the things because I didn't want to lose momentum in my business. Mm. And so the same burnout that I was hearing from my clients was the same burnout that I was feeling of like, why does this suddenly feel so hard? Mm. Why, you know, why do I feel like I'm going to sleep every night? And like, there's no amount of sleep that can possibly have me be feeling recharged, um, just constantly feeling behind. And it really took me being like, okay, is this how I want to live my life? Like, is this what I want to do to go on a journey of self-discovery of like why women specifically Mm-hmm. are so strongly socially conditioned and socialized into burnout. Why it's not just a thing that like magically we all end up finding our way there, but it's an us problem mm-hmm. Um, so that I could find my way back and started really coaching other women. It was kind of more of just like, hey, I have this thing that I've been doing that really works. And like, you know, had friends ask me and then had other people ask me and then was like, oh, this is actually a thing that people, a lot, like a lot of people are experiencing and really need support in. And so now I run a 12-week coaching program for uh, professional women and moms on how to step out of that working mom hustle culture. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And one thing that stood out that you said was that like they're up to their foreheads in overwhelm that they can't even like care. Right. So what is like when somebody's feeling like that, if somebody's out there listening, for instance, and they're like, yeah, that's me. Like, I want to do something about the way I feel. I don't want to keep taking on everything and saying yes to all the things what is kind of like your first go-to to just help somebody kind of take it down like at least enough of a notch that they can yeah. see the other side enough? So number one, I think that it's always important to recognize, like I have clients who they're a stay-at-home mom, let's say, and they're like, I can't imagine going back to work because I'm so up to my forehead and stuff. Yeah. I have clients who are moms and are like, and are working and want to do a side hustle and feel that way. I have clients who are working and have a side hustle and aren't really sure if they want to have kids because it feels like that. Right. So I think that so often we get stuck in thinking that our objective situation, no, it's just because I I have so much on my plate, right. It doesn't really matter what the specific situations are, whether it's again, like you're working, you want to add on a side hustle, you have the side hustle, you want to add on kids. There's always a feeling, it's this feeling that we have of being so busy, being behind, being up to our foreheads mm-hmm. and recognizing the number one thing that I would that I would start with is just recognizing people could feel that way. Multimillionaires can feel that way. Multimillionaire retired people can feel that way when they're like, I'm so busy because I have an appointment at Louis Vuitton in the morning to pick out my $7,000 handbag that I'm going to buy. And then I have to get my eyebrows waxed and then I have to go... Um, have a two hour massage. My day is packed. We can be busy with all the things, (laughs) with any number of things. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter whether or not we deem them important or not. The point is just being able to to take ourselves out and being like, it's not just my objective reality, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. that's not discounting the fact that there are legitimately people for whom busy isn't just a mindset, for whom like they really are working four jobs to make ends meet. And I'm not minimizing that at all. I am talking. And I always think it's important to say that because I don't ever want to, you know, minimize somebody else's lived experience, Mm -hmm. but I'm talking to, you know, people who are working a nine to five or want, again, want to add on the side hustle or like are thinking about they're working one job and that's paying the bills right now. You know, our work, like a lot of it is and can be that mindset of I'm just so busy. I couldn't possibly X, Y, and Z. Mm, mm. That really puts it in perspective, right? Of that whole, when you use that of retired multimillionaire, of just how that, that just shifts because somebody yeah. else that's not in that world would be like, well, that's leisure and that's whatever. Yeah. But it can still feel totally. like overwhelm. You know, it, it's just really where you're at with it at the end of the day. Yeah. 
Exactly. Right. We can put any judgments that we want on people's activities. Right. But that doesn't really matter, right? When we hold, what I think is always important is just to be able to identify the fact that we're actually socialized to hold being busy as a value, right? In hustle culture, in productivity culture, we're socialized to hold being busy as a value, which means a lot of us will say we're so busy Mm. and it doesn't matter if it's getting your eyebrows. I don't know why I keep on coming back to eyebrows, but like, apparently I'm having an eyebrow moment. So, you know, eyebrows like threaded versus doing heart surgery. Right. Right. It doesn't matter. Like we can assign whatever value we want, Mm. but what we really need to do is step out of that hustle culture, step out of that productivity culture so that we can stop holding that busyness as a value. Yeah. Yeah. And it is very interesting. It's like almost like a badge of honor, right? Like I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I can't get you on my calendar for three weeks, which that might be reality, right? That like your calendar is packed and you can't get somebody on the calendar or you can't say yes to that party or outing or whatever it is because you do have things on your calendar. But at some point, when is it becoming that balance is going off and it's just become that like culture of being like yeah. stuck in the busy, the busy bee movement almost, you know, just going, going, going. Yeah. And I love that what you just said, because I think it highlights something really important mm-hmm. is, and especially this comes up for so many of the women that we coach, right? Like the value of saying no yeah, is, you know, the words you just said, like, I can't get you on the calendar, right? Yeah. Because yeah. if you could get them on the calendar, if you could yeah. find five minutes, if you could find 30 minutes, you definitely should. Yeah. Right. Right. And what I coach women often on is being able to strengthen their could to should filter. Mm. Right. Just because we could, just because you could wake up 30 minutes earlier in the day to get out a 30 minute workout. Like if that means waking up at 5 a.m., should you? I don't know if you're exhausted at 2 p.m. or if I'm going to pick up my kids at at the end of the day and be like a crappy mom when they come home from school, should I be waking up at 5 a.m.? Right. And very often that's what we operate from. We never really ask the question, do we want to? Mm. Does it align with my values? Is it reflective of how I want to be spending my time or, you know, of how I feel like I should be spending my time? We just go like, could I? Okay, I guess I have to. Mm. So you like skip that, right? It's like, could I? Yes. Well, then I am. You know, you don't even say anything in between. Like there's so many different myriads of outcomes of any obviously situation, conversation, booking, planning, whatever you want to call it. But it's like, you just jump from like, I can, so I will. Exactly. Whether or not it's the right, you know, and I don't want to say right or wrong. That's not the right wording, but whether it serves the higher purpose, whether it is in, like you said, in line with your goals, your values, your, you name it, you're going to do it. Which is scary. That's pretty scary, you know, if you think about it. Because then how many things, if you really got real and went down to brass tacks, are you putting on your plate or saying yes to that truly are actually moving you in a completely different direction than where you even want to go, what you envision for your life, what's best for your children, what's best for your business, what, you know, because you're just, the wool's pulled over and you're going, yep, 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 and just doing it. Totally. And I think that that's really important because it's what so many people do and really what keeps them stuck. The way that I think about it is it's like if I'm trying to get, you know, from my house to your house and I put in the address into Google Maps and there is like, and obviously we don't all have crystal balls. So the path forward, especially if you're in entrepreneurship or in motherhood or in whatever you're doing in life, isn't always as nicely laid out as a Google Maps direction, right? But it is almost like, having the Google Maps directions, there's literally the list in front of you, or you can see the little car moving and your mother-in-law is like, no, no, turn left. And you're like, but it says turn right. And they're like, well, I said turn left, right? Mm-hmm. And then your boss is telling you like, no, make a U-turn here. And then your best friend is telling you, no, you actually have to take this really roundabout way, right? Yeah. And instead of being able to stay true to like, but I know where I'm going. Like I can see the house, right? Mm-hmm. Like I can see it. You're like, all right, I guess I'm listening to all of these people and you don't even notice, right? It's like they've subliminally like added their directions on top. We don't even always notice that we're listening to other people and we think that we're doing it. Like if I asked you why, you'd be like, well, because that's what Google Maps is saying. And in reality, it's not. It's all of these internalized messages that we're getting from everyone around us Mm -hmm. that are taking us on this like random veered, who knows where of a journey When we just had a very clear destination we wanted to get to. (laughs) Yeah, that is one of the most beautiful ways of explaining that. I feel like that I've 
ever really come across. So thank you for that. Because I just feel that really puts it in perspective, you know, mm -hmm. of how that just all topples on, topples on. And then we don't even know. We don't even know what we want anymore. Yeah. You know, we don't even know. <laughs> we're confused. Yeah. We're we're tired. We're up to our eyeballs in things and places and you know, obligations. And it, it, that is exactly where overwhelm starts and burnout begins. You know what I mean? Like it just yeah. kind of just continues down that path of just serving everybody but yourself. Yeah. Um, wow. So then what do you think, or what's your thoughts on, on that whole side of things? Like, where do you start to kind of peel away those layers and seeing where your actual thoughts and kind of actions are coming from when you, maybe you're oblivious to the fact that you're taking on so much from other people, or maybe you are aware, but you're like, I just don't know. Like, this is who I am. I'm a people pleaser. And you just kind of own it for, yeah. like, for better, for worse, right? You're owning that. How, what are your thoughts on that side of things? Totally. I think that number one is bringing a lot of those things to the forefront, right? Like recognizing that a lot of those badges of honor that we hold, I'm a people pleaser. I just like, I'm just so happy when other people are happy. Mm. Are you really happy? Or do you just feel safe for three seconds because the thought of upsetting somebody makes you want to fall into a hole in the middle of the ground, right? I'm just a perfectionist. I'm just, I just love being busy. I'm just a doer, mm. right? Sometimes number one, we don't always even understand. We see almost the, the, the def, those definitions with rose colored glasses, right? Yeah. Perfectionists. What do we see? The beautiful, like I'm thinking of my sister would tell you that she's like a major recovering perfectionist. And I can remember her science project, perfect and perfectly done and color coded and all the things, right? Yeah. I'm a recovering perfectionist, but I can't do those things for the life of me because I'm like, how quickly can I get it done? <laughs> and, um, you know, we always think about the end goal and we always forget the process right? Like we always forget, how did you feel while you were doing it? Mm. How did everybody else around you feel while you were doing it, right? Like, did you prepare the most beautiful meal for your guests, but everybody was super anxious because you were acting like you were Gordon Ramsay in the kitchen. And if yeah. anyone touched anything, you were going to cut their hand off, right? Yeah. Is that the experience that you really want to yeah. move yeah. through with? Yeah. But we stay so attached to the end results, right? Like the meal was beautiful. The food tasted really good. Or we got that that proposal in for our boss that they asked for for Friday. Okay, so we ignored everyone and everything and we like barely peed for an entire week because we wouldn't let ourselves get up from the desk for because we worked for 40 hours on it, but we ignored that part, right? Right. And so what we really need to start understanding is what those things actually mean and where they come from, mm. right? Mm -hmm. Perfectionism often comes from the fact that women specifically are never really taught to have their own backs through failure, mm. right? It's not necessarily something that we're like, oh, we're just type A and we're a perfectionist. Sure, there are some people who really love attention to detail. Sure. Granted, but recognizing that people-pleasing is actually something that we're taught, right? It's an animal instinct. Mm -hmm. I need to keep everyone around me happy because if I'm a lion who is you know, in the jungle, I need to stay in the tribe. And we give the same weight right now to every email that we send out, every Thanksgiving invitation that we have to turn down or that we want to turn down to I'm going to be, you know, excommunicated from the lion, mm -hmm. like the lions in the jungle. And so I'm probably going to die in the wilderness. Yeah. Right. And so wow. starting to actually recognize where those things come from. Yeah. And the truth is that that's really where I would say my focus and my coaching separates or, you know, away from what else is, or is available in the industry is that it's not just let's look at you and how do we get you out of burnout, but it really takes a step back and, and uncovers like, how did you get here in the first place? Mm. Because I think that the, the women that I'm working with are high achievers. They're not afraid of taking personal responsibility. Right. If anything, they take personal responsibility to a fault. Yeah, We're like way heavy on personal responsibility. And what we actually need to be able to say is we have the capabilities to get ourselves out of here. We have the skills and we can learn the tools to pull ourselves out of burnout. Mm -hmm. But it's not just solely our fault that we ended up here. And yeah. I think that's the mentality that so many people see is I just did something wrong. I can't hack it. It's just my fault. Mm. Yeah, that's powerful shift right there. 
just in itself, you know, to just like see that from a different scope, from a different mm-hmm. lens. Um, I feel it's, I love that you said, when you said like, we equate like every email, every no to a party to like being excommunicated from the trap, because that, if you think about it, when people are losing sleep over, I got to get this email back to them within 10 seconds, you know, because yeah. I don't want to be the person that it's like, t- waits till flaky to and yeah. Yeah. And, totally. and it's like, whoa, like, where do we, first of all, where did we come to thinking that like instant? Well, I, we all know that the world that we live in, it's like instant gratification, mm-hmm. but where did we come from? Like you said, figuring out all the, the things that kind of built that into you personally of why are we attaching that to such a strong priority when we need to set those boundaries, right? Like I talk to my clients all the time about setting boundaries, right? I talk to them about branding and and visuals and all that stuff, but sometimes it comes down to how are you educating the people that you're working with? Yeah. That's part of who you are and how you, how your business runs too. And are you putting up boundaries in what you do and how you communicate? It's one way to step back and go, Oh, it's really more about me than it is about anybody else. They yeah. don't really care if it takes me a full 24 hours to get back to them. I'm the one that's worried about it. I'm the one that's waking up at 2 a.m. going, oh my gosh, I never answered Sue, you know, or whatever it is. And it's very much like that inner look of going, okay, where have we, where have we steered ourselves to this direction? And then yeah. how do we come back to realizing that that's not a thing that's going to make or break? our community, our livelihood, our validation even, you know? Yeah. And I think that's, that's really, I think that it is like coming back to recognizing that it is a societal thing, right? You said in the beginning, like we all compare and contrast, like I'm so busy because I have X, Y, and Z. I'm so busy (laughs) because I have, and you know, there's so many places that I, that I hear this. I mean, like I'm a parent, I have twins who are six and I have a, I have a two and a half year old son. And you know, I've seen this even in people like in on social media, parents posting things like, oh, like when non-parents say things like, oh, I'm so tired. I'm like, mm-hmm. they can't even imagine. I'm like, mm-hmm. why? Like, why are we comparing how tired we are? Like, why can't everyone just, if they didn't have a good night's sleep, feel tired? And if they right. did not feel tired, right? Like, why yeah. can't we just leave it at what, how we're feeling? But everybody sort of has this, whether it's, again, parents to non-parents, entrepreneurs to non-entrepreneurs, CEOs to everybody's like, sort of like, you think you're busy. I'm so busy. Yeah. And that just doesn't have to be the metric. I think that we're slowly shifting the conversation from that being the metric Mm -hmm. to like, okay, are you being busy doing things that are valuable? Yeah. And valuable can be also going to sleep. Yes. Right. Like valuable is things that are living your life. And, you know, I give a lot of running analogies, and direction analogies because I drive my kids a lot and I am a runner. So, you know, what I talk about all the time is often I run on on a treadmill in the winter time because Mm -hmm. I live in Toronto where it's the minus degrees. And that's really helpful if you just want to be moving, Mm -hmm. right? Like if you're just being, if you're just being moving for the sake of moving, like I'm running because I want to run, that's really helpful. But again, if you're plugging something into your map and you're like, I need to get here, it doesn't really matter how many hours you spend on that treadmill, you're not going to get to the place that you want to go. Right. And, you know, so we are like, we can't, we, we stay in this constant comparison of like, I'm so busy. I'm so busy without ever really asking, is it doing the things that I want it to do? Is it building the business that I want to build? Is it, I mean, the reality is if you're an entrepreneur, you could be busy all day posting 7,000 times on Instagram. You could, you could do that for an entire day and then talk about how busy you are building your business, how effective that's going to be in getting your next client in growing your business and even growing your reach TBD, but you could be busy doing all of those things. And so there's no real shortage of things you could be busy doing. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't always mean that they matter. Yeah. Well, right. Busy versus productive is it actually serving anything yeah like if your goal is whatever to get stronger in the gym but you're going there and you're half the time you're talking to the people that you see and then you're kind of just like lollygagging and then maybe you maybe you up your weight a little bit but you're like "Eh," like I'll wait till next week but so you're doing things but they're maybe not as in the best form or whatever it is yeah are you really are you just 
busybodying around and like just saying you're working on your goals or are you actually doing something or with your business? Like you said, the, the posting, like, you know, are you just putting stuff out there to put it out there or what is your actual end goal? You know, like with that, okay, let's taper that down and do the things that actually matter and not just do everything under the sun just because we think we should, or we're not sure, or maybe we're confused, which is fine. Not knocking people who are just doing their best to do their best. Entrepreneurs spend lots of their time confused. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I feel like, you know, that's just kind of a state of being for a lot of t- for a lot of seasons. But at some point we have to go, okay, this isn't serving me. You have, you know, like instinctually at some point it dings, the light bulb goes off and says, this isn't quite serving me or in a family unit, right? With your kids. Oh my gosh, I have them in this and this and that, or bringing them all over the places. And what if you just said, what's the actual goal? Like, what, is, what are your kids interested in most, right? Or yeah. what's makes, lights them up? Or what, what do you love doing as a family? And you answered the question really real and honest. And there was like two things that just didn't make sense anymore. Like, could you give it up? Could you segue it out? Like, there's so many different angles um, and examples, but I just love that, that sentiment of kind of seeing like what you're actually doing. Cause I'm huge. I've been really working very hard personally on being better in time management and making sure that I'm not like, just what am I doing today? And then looking at my list and like three of the things just really aren't relevant right now. Maybe they are for a future project or something, but right now they're not. So I'm not going to do them. I'm going to reevaluate every single day. I come into the office. I reevaluate what's important every single time I'm scheduling myself. I'm reevaluating what's important right then. Is it family family things that are more important this week, this day, this time, what, what is happening? You know, what is happening and relevant right this moment and going to serve the higher goals, the higher mission in my life, you know? Yeah. I love that. And I love the reevaluation because I think that we get so much about time management. I mean, you know, I run a free workshop uh, monthly on how to get your time back mm-hmm. as a busy professional. And I think that so much of what we talk about with work-life balance and time management actually leads us to burnout. Oh, right. Like I think we talk about it in, in the industry mm-hmm. so incorrectly in that it is right. Just like productivity hacks up the wazoo, time blocking up the wazoo so that you can fit it all in, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. How do we fit all of those things in? Whereas what you're saying and echoes so much of what I say is like, maybe all of it doesn't have to be there. And, you know, I teach like a very specific strategy for deciding how you want things there. But the, but the idea is like, we see things on our calendar and so often women are like, I obviously have to do all of that. It's not even a question. I have to do all of that. Often you don't, right. Whether it doesn't have to be done at all. Yeah. Whether it doesn't have to be done today, whether it doesn't have to be done by you. Mm. Right. Those are all questions and the way that I describe it is, you know, we talk about, like we've talked about, um, who said it now, but you, the difference between juggling glass balls and plastic balls, mm. right? Like in your life, you need to be able to determine which, which balls that you're juggling are glass and you can't, um, you can't drop them versus which ones are plastic and you can drop them. And I say often, you know, which ones you actually just shouldn't be juggling to begin with like should have never been there, Mm -hmm. but you can't make that judgment call and you can't have that discernment when in your mind, every ball that you're juggling is an atomic bomb. You're saying they're all important. They're all necessary. It's not only I can't drop them, but it's like, if I drop them, all hell will break loose. Mm. Like the world is going to end. And we're thinking about every single thing on our to-do list like that. Yeah. And then wondering why we're burning out in the process. When something's on a to-do list, buy new sandals for my kid for the summer in three months. Mm-hmm. And we're like, that is an emergency. Yeah. Maybe it's not though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and sometimes too, right? I feel that we kind of use these, this like intense focus on things that don't serve us at that time. Again, yeah, they may serve us at another at another portion of our days. Maybe it's two days from now, or maybe it's two months, whatever. It's kind of, what are we putting so much of this attention on? Why are we trying to like survival the fittest with these kind of things that don't make sense right this moment? Yeah. What you like, how can we gain back that control? I guess is what I'm trying to get at. And how do we come back to kind of square one, if you will, and go, 
get real with yourself. You know, like sometimes that's what I like. I'm just like, okay, Megan, I'm getting real today with you. Yeah. <laughs> you talking to myself. You're like we are having a conversation, yeah. me and you. Yes. Look yeah. me in the eyes right <laughs> a second and understand <laughs> that there is a better way to set yeah. yourself up today or this week or whatever I'm looking at. And yeah. what can you do differently? What can move, you know, and I, you know, I have my own ways of doing that. And we all eventually, when we become aware of it, I think it helps us to do it better. Like I have a later on list kind of a thing, you know, where I don't want to forget about it, but I'm going to put it over here and I'm not going to look at it for now because Mm -hmm. I know right now it's not serving me. I know it's not helping any situation in which I'm currently a part of, or, you know, going to be a part of, but I find it so interesting that sometimes we cling on to that. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Like when we cling on to the need so tightly, uh, but it has to get done. But these shoes have to get bought right now. I know summer is still three months out. We're still in 50 degree weather. We're still in, you know, 20 degree weather, whatever we are. 49 today in Chicago area. But um, what are we clinging on to? Are we trying to prove that we're the best? We're the best mom because we're ahead of the game and yeah. keeping up with the Joneses. And so the last episode actually my guest, she was talking about somebody on a blog she was reading was like, can somebody just talk about just on social media, just put everything went wrong at the birthday party. The cake fell over, the balloons flew away. My kid skinned his knee. We know that social media essentially is a highlight reel, but just get even more real. Cause why, why are we trying to just say, Oh, well, look at this. Look, cute. The cake was so cute. And this was that. And this all went well. And that's great. We all, I think in the back of our minds, we all know we all have the ins and outs, the hards and, and, and the triumphs, but we don't always remember that when we see other people, we're going, Oh, they got it together. How do they do it all? They do all the things. And I, I'll, I can never keep up. Meanwhile, you're trying to keep up, like whether you want to admit it or not, there's these little things you're doing to like keep and keep and keep going in that direction. That's exhausting. So what are we holding on to? What are we trying to prove? You know, I think that's so real. I mean, I posted on Saturday, Saturday evening that we had gone to a friend's house for lunch and my two-year-old literally walked into the dining room with poop on his hands. Like oh. he had stuck his hands in his diaper and I was like, oh, okay. Like it was a whole fiasco. And I'm like, just so we're it totally, like just so we're clear, he stuck his hands in his diaper. Like that's what I'm dealing with right now, right? Yeah. Because I do, I think that there's so much of a perception and I think that it's it's honestly in entrepreneurship. I mean, I, I was- M, a registered dietitian in Ontario before this. And I think even the way in the way that I've been taught mm-hmm. how to talk to people about their health, how to talk to people about nutrition, yeah. I am the expert and you are not, right? right? Yeah. Is the way there's this, I have to separate myself from you. There are certain, and obviously for, for very good reasons, you know, I have to hold a certain space and a persona and a certain uphold the college and all of that kind of stuff. And I think that that's fantastic for certain things. I mean, like you don't want your surgeon who you're going to surgery with tomorrow. I don't know, like posting on social media, like them doing shots at four in the morning, you know, at a club. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) But I think that's great. But I think that we've all adopted this idea of the filters and it's supposed to be perfect. And it's supposed to be, I think that, that we get it we we almost like take it both ways as women, right? There's this idea whether you're, you know, I don't know if like a lot of your audience is probably entrepreneurs, right? Yep. Especially in building businesses or in motherhood. Like I say, those are the two places that women see it the most. Yep. Or the truth is, you know, in bodies, right? Like we're all supposed to be effortlessly fit and effortlessly mm. wear a size two and effortlessly look beautiful without makeup, but then also be able to apply our makeup. But then also, you know, b- building a business, we get these conflicting stories of there's supposed to be struggle. It's supposed to be hard. Mm. And so if you're, if it's easy, you're clearly doing something wrong. But then if it's easy, if it's hard, I mean, it's supposed to be easy because like some guy that I saw on Instagram is, you know, three weeks to a Maserati. So it's supposed to be easy. So you're doing something wrong. Right. So you're kind of, no matter where you turn, like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. And we all forget that we're consumers of a lot of these places, like we're consumers of social media. Mm -hmm. And so the way that the women, at least in my spaces feel is, you know, you, you go on, you scroll social for one second and you're like, oh, there's a mom, um, baking cookies with her kids at 5 PM. Yeah. There's a mom who's also training for a marathon. There's a mom who's building a seven figure business. There's a mom who has, who's volunteering for the PTA. Mm-hmm. I should probably bake cookies while training for a marathon while, while building a seven figure business, while 
also somehow being able to be sexy for my husband. Yeah. yeah. We, don't all, we forget that we're seeing 10 minutes of multiple other people's lives. And then we hold ourselves to, we should be able to do all of that. And if we're not, then we're a failure. So true. That was really well laid out with that because it really like drilled into my brain anyways, as you were saying it, like, yeah, that's exactly what we're doing. Pin picking or whatever you want to say each little thing while well, they're doing this, 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 well, I am not good enough. Cause I'm doing none of that, or I'm doing one thing, yeah. you know, and then it just starts kind of weighing on you. And then you start making choices that again, going back to the previous part of our conversation, don't serve you. Like, did yeah. you ever even want to run for a marathon? Right. No, but now you're like, well, maybe I should, well, I don't know if I'll run for a marathon, but maybe I'll just start running now. Meanwhile, you have lower back problems and that's the worst totally. exercise you could do for yeah. yourself, but you're like, I'm going to do it. And like, just where does that in the world make sense to you? I had a client who, who messaged me and was like, last night I found, you know, she's in my program, the unapologetic living code. And she was like, last night I randomly found myself looking at knitting projects for kids and being like, I should teach myself how to knit so then I can teach my kids how to knit. And then I had a second where I was, do I want to be knitting? And the answer is no. She's like, where do you even, but that is, you know, you see an ad on Instagram or you see somebody else doing something. And I think that that's where, you know, going back to like that should and could filter, mm-hmm. there is any, the, the women that I work with are high achieving women, right? Yeah. They are people who get stuff done. They're not afraid of of there being something added to their to-do list. Like if anything, they need to take some, you know, lots of stuff off their to-do list. But that could to should filter, like just because you could. And, you know, an entrepreneur, like a friend, another, a coach that I know, I once said it to her in a very similar way as she was, she wanted to launch two different programs at the same time. And she was like, I'm so excited about this one. And I'm so excited about this one. And she started, you know, launching and started doing both of those things, totally, you know, burnt out in like a week doing it. Yeah. And I was like, that's sometimes we have to remember excitement doesn't always meet match capacity. Ooh, I like that. Right. You can going back to your, like, I have a list for later, yeah. right. That can be a to-do list of buy more eggs mm-hmm. or that can be, I really feel strongly about doing this group program. Mm-hmm. I really feel strongly about launching this actual like physical product, yeah. right? Like there are things in my business. There are things in my life. I do want to run a marathon. Yeah. This is just not the season that I'm going to do it because I'm trying to build a business and I have, you know, three little kids at home. That that can be any sort of thing, but it's again like recognizing that sometimes our excitement, sometimes our passion for something doesn't always meet and match our capacity to be able to do it right here in this moment. And that's okay. Yeah. There's no medal for getting there quicker, faster. If there was, I would have found a way to get it because that's, I, that's the perfectionist in me. So, I can assure <laughs> you there is not. I've searched I yeah. asked around. Everyone said no. <laughs> You're like, I really tried. It just didn't come to life that way. Um, exactly. But that's how we that's how we operate so many times. If I get this all done, somebody's gonna pat me on the back and give me a cookie or whatever it is that you, you know. And yeah. well, yeah, it might feel good. You might get that surge, right? That surge of adrenaline. Like, I got that off my to-do list, or I did this and I never thought I would get to it this fast. But then what happens, right? If you, like you just said with the client who tried to launch two things at the same time, she was so freaking excited. Like, here we go. Let's do it. Same thing. If you sign up for a bunch of classes or sign your kids up for a bunch of classes, you're like, I'm so excited for them to be in ballet. They're going to be so cute or whatever it is. And then all of a sudden, like the reality of taking them to the weekly classes and all this, like, what, what am I doing? What am I actually doing right now? (laughs) Yeah. And I think like that's so real. And you know, a big thing that actually I was just talking about today on, on our, our group call coaching calls on Tuesdays. And I was saying is, you know, in the past life, I did a clinical research. A lot of times, again, our perfectionist brains keep us so stuck on the end goal. We just need to get to that end goal so that we can get some made up feeling or made up benefit that we feel like is going to be at the end of it. And when you're doing clinical research or when you're doing research, 99.9% of the time, a research paper like that is published in The Lancet or like JAMA, like the Journal of American Medical Association, the top of the top journal articles will end with, here is our finding, and it would benefit somebody else to do a follow-up study so that we can know X, Y, and Z, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. In acknowledgement of the fact that they did the paper they did the research 
and it was only the tip of the iceberg. Like they didn't complete it. Somebody else, they're handing it to somebody else to maybe that author is going to do another study, right? Maybe that, but there's so many things that there and so many amazing journal articles and things that we learn from where they publish their results in the middle. And we're like, hey, here's what we're seeing so far. And so we're going to do this where we've done this study. And so now somebody else should probably look at this because that would really add to the research. And nobody sits there at the end of those journal articles and is like, well, we did nothing today. Yeah. Got nothing done. We're only 1% closer to curing cancer. So may as well have just gone home early. That's not yeah. the way that people think about things, but that's the way that we so often think about being in process, yeah. doing the thing, trying something out, or you know, just how we even view our to-do list. If we only got halfway done, may as well have just done zero. Yeah. Yeah. It's just written off that it had yeah. nothing to do with anything. And who am I to even say that I tried? Yeah. Wow. Totally. You were really great with imagery. I love it because I think it's I only think in pictures. <laughs> I love that. I well, I just love that because I think it really helps people, right? Attach to something and go, oh, that really makes sense to me. You know, like which I'm all about. I'm all about implementation, not just nodding your head and going, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Oh yeah, that really resonates with me, but I don't really know how to do it. So when so I secretly say, that, Yeah, I secretly say that my superpower is making connections where other people wouldn't make connections. Something as simple as a Google Maps trip get to their process because it's how I think. Like as soon as I see something, I'm like, oh, I wonder where else in my life that applies. Mm. Because, you know, so often it's not like the things that we learn in school or even the things that we learn yeah. during coaching. It's like you live your life and you're like, huh, that happened. I wonder where else that happens. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really how I think and most of the time how I coach. Yeah. No, I love it. It's very effective. And and in just the short time we've been talking, I'm like, it's multiple times you just hit the nail on the head. And I'm going, wow, that's a really great way of looking at it, hearing it, however, you know, however you want to look at it. But it's powerful because that's just it. I'm huge on implementing. Like, so anybody who's listening right now and they're like, I am freaking burned out. I want to run for the hills. I want to run to the forest and just become a fairy on a log, you know, like, yeah. And this is resonating with you. What are you going to do then? What's that thing? That's what's that 1%, right? What's, where's your research paper? Your 1% that you're going to do to go in the direction and that you want to go in to get yourself from feeling up to your eyeballs in overwhelm and burnout because it's just no way to be. The last thing I want anybody to do is go years, decades, God forbid, decades of just sitting there going, I've just been on autopilot for 10 years and just going to keep on keeping on because I don't know any better. Yeah, you know, maybe totally. they won't articulate it like that, but that's what they're saying if they're not. If we're not making choices, we're all going to get into seasons where it's like a little bit more of a struggle bus to recognize that we're getting there maybe. And that's okay. Like that's just the human experience, but it's becoming more and more aware of ourselves, our surroundings. But it's also, I think that there's, I mean, listen, like I have three kids who are six and under that in and of itself is busy. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. Running a business can be busy. Like there, and by busy, I mean like there can be lots of moving parts with it. Mm -hmm. There can be busy seasons. And I think there's a very big difference between being caught, like being busy in that overwhelm and hustle culture versus Mm -hmm. intentionally being like, I am right now going to have a lot of things on my plate. If I am launching a program and, you know, have to plan my kid's birthday party at the same time, like, okay, I can intentionally, I can work around that. Mm -hmm. I can not choose to do both those things at the same time, just as an example, but also you can intentionally put yourself in places where you have lots on your plate. As you said, like, it's not just about, okay, well then buy a one-way ticket to Bermuda and just tell everyone to like F off and you'll never see them again. That's not the answer, right? But there is, and it doesn't also mean then don't build a business or don't have that side hustle or don't add kids into the mix because you can beautifully I was going to say fulfillingly, but that's not a word, but we're going to make it a we word. We make right up now. words around here sometimes. Fulfillingly, okay. <laughs> add a lot to your plates consciously. And that's yeah. not the same thing as just letting things be thrown onto your plate, left, right, and center, because somebody somewhere felt that they should be there. Yeah. I love that. And like, like you said, the intentionality behind it goes in. I know the season is going to be a little bit more, more moving parts. Yeah. What am I doing to set myself up for success within mm-hmm. that? I think is what is a big differentiator as well, because you can go into it going, I'm going to do all these things and I'm mindfully knowing that I'm taking it on. 
but then you can get lost in translation. If you don't set yourself up, I'm saying, well, I'm going to make sure that still in this busy season, we're going to have some quiet days with just the family, or we're going to have a a day where I'm, you know, an extra day where I'm not working and and working. Or even I'm going to have 10 minutes of unscheduled time. Yes. Something, something, anything, please. Right. And so I think that's another layer of that, of like that intentionality behind it all is going, okay, I'm doing this. I'm willingly and, and not effortlessly maybe, but I'm walking into this and what can I do to make the best of it, to really create yeah. some space. I'm about that yeah. creating space and a place for your, that literally says it in my intro for this whole podcast, space and a place for your thoughts for your energy, because you can be a better mom, business owner, marathon runner, all of them at the same time. If you allow for that to ebb and yeah. flow within even the crazy, busiest, hopefully productive seasons, not just yeah. productive seasons. Totally. And if you want that, right? Yes. Again, like there's a very big difference between consciously doing lots of things. The way that I say it, and again, I'll, the last you know imagery that I'll leave you with is there's a very big difference between feeling like you're a person who is drawn in mul- to multiple different things. I'm a person who is drawn to motherhood. I'm a person who is drawn to being an entrepreneur. I'm a person who is drawn to my creative passions, right? Like lots of different things versus being a person who is pulled in lots of different directions. Mm. And, you know, anyone who's listening, like you probably already had like a somatic experience with just hearing those words drawn versus pulled. And so making sure that exactly like if it is those that busy season, if it is, there's lots of things on your plate. Are you being drawn to those things? Are you feeling pulled in 12 different directions to just many different things that you don't really care very much about? Mm, Yes. That is something to sit on and to think about and keep in the back lockbox of your mind every time you're coming up against these choices and these thoughts and these things, because then we know, right? I'm going into it. I'm armoring myself with the proper tools or I'm not. And I'm just being willy nilly pulled everywhere. And I'm a, what was that doll back in the day? Stretch Armstrong just being pulled to like the end. Yeah. And nobody wants to be that you know, eventually you're going to break, you're going to break that burnout will turn into exhaustion and it will be not a pretty sight for anybody involved. So I love it. Is there, oh my gosh, I feel like I could talk to you for like three hours, but (laughs) the listeners would start nodding off like, okay, we get it. We get it. Anything though, before we wrap up that you want that's on your heart, just in this realm of conversation that you want to drop for the people. (laughs) I just want anyone who is listening and is feeling burnt out to know, number one, there is something wrong with that. Like there is, there is, it's not just that's a normal part of being a woman. It's not just if you are, you know, an entrepreneur, like that's a normal part of entrepreneurship or a normal part of, of motherhood. I think we get sort of get fed this story a lot. And it's part of, of this, you know, the hustle culture that I talk about a lot, where like, if you're falling into an exhausted puddle every single day, then you're doing it right. Yeah. And that doesn't have to be your story. Mm. And also that, it's okay. I know that a lot of times we spend a lot of time in like comparison. Oh, I shouldn't need help because other people have it worse than me. Or I shouldn't need support because your story is valid. Your struggle is valid. No matter how much, how much or how little support you have, how much or little expendable income you have, like whatever it is that you feel like, oh, well, I shouldn't be complaining. Mm. I just said to someone on, you know, on the unapologetic living code coaching call today, I need everyone to start being more dramatic. Mm. this person was like I don't want to be dramatic when I say that I'm no be all the way dramatic okay so if you feel like you shouldn't be speaking up or you shouldn't be getting support like I need you to 10x the drama Mm -hmm. um and get the support that you need I love that that's a mic drop right there because absolutely absolutely no longer do we need to push it down right somebody I've been dramatic my whole life and (laughs) I'm okay with that (laughs) I'm like okay and just you know, it used to be like the funny thing. Like, oh, like she's the Mona. Like my, I think my mom said, my dad used to call me Mona. Like Mona, she's just so like, oh, but like, maybe I was just expressing how I actually felt. Right. Like, yeah. and I was not, yeah. especially at a young age, I didn't care. I didn't know any different, but as you get older, right. You're just like bogged down. Like, don't act like that. Don't say that. Don't feel that way. You know? And then you have yeah. to, we have to reclaim that and be totally okay. I said, you know, one of my, one of my, um, kids were a temper tantrum in the middle. There was a moment where I, where I was, it was like two years ago where I was looking at her full on temper tantrum, like not a care in the world or embarrassment in the world. And I was 
on one hand, I want to be super embarrassed that I'm like standing in the middle of a grocery store. And also I am so jealous that when you're having a hard time, you're allowed to just throw a temper tantrum. You can just do it. And then I was, maybe I can throw a temper tantrum. Mm -hmm. Like I don't need to break glass jars or anything like that. Like I can just learn. And that's totally, you know, kids are, they do express their needs. They make it known one way or another. And we could all really benefit more from learning how to do that ourselves. 3000%. I mean, they laugh more, they express more, they all the things more. And so let's make it a mission to start embodying that as no matter what age or stage you are in your life, I don't care if you're 22 or 72, just be okay with being and having the human experience and voicing what that feels like for you. So Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you so much for this amazing conversation. Um, before we wrap up though, I do want you to let everybody know how they can get a, you know, in touch with you, where you're at on socials, all that good stuff. I'll also put it in the show notes, but um, always good to pop it in here and Definitely. So I hang out lots on Instagram. My handle is Ahuva Hershkop, which is A-H-U-V-A-H-E-R-S-H-K-O-P. And I also run a free community on Facebook called Beyond Burnout with Ahuva Hershkop. I often, you know, offer uh, free webinars and also run my 12-week group coaching program with various levels of support called the Unapologetic Living Code. So if you are someone who is ready to step out of burnout, you can definitely find me there as well. Yes. Well, thank you so much. I absolutely go support Ahuva and just be a part of her world. Obviously, just from this conversation, you can tell she's passionate about helping women in particular just to live a better life, to live um, a little bit more, you know, free into their space and not get to that point of feeling they're crushed down by the the things that are happening in and around them. So again, thank you so much for being here and I look forward to another chat in the future, hopefully. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Just a teeny weeny reminder for you. If you are new to taking flight or just haven't had a chance to follow or subscribe to do so, because I want to make sure that you're staying current with episodes as they roll out. And also a huge heartfelt thank you for anybody who takes a moment to review, send a little bit of love in to the show, just to let everybody know that they're enjoying it and keep it going on to more and more people because I'm all about connection and I'm all about creating a community. So thank you so much as always for being here and I'll see you soon. 